If you have your Bibles tonight, I would invite you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And let's begin with prayer. Our gracious Father, we are truly a blessed people because we know the blessed, blessed God who is our Father. And we know, we know the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And we know the Spirit of God that dwells within us and comforts us and convicts us. And we thank Thee, Lord, that out in front of us lies an eternal future that is beyond our capacity to imagine the glories of. But one day soon we'll see it face to face. And we thank Thee that in the interim, in the meantime, you've left us here in this world as even you were in this world, and you've called us to serve you, to carry the gospel to the ends of the world, and you've called us to be your witnesses here in these last days. We know these are evil times, evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse, it seems, almost by the day, but we know that... Uh, that our Father who sits upon the throne of heaven controls every, every aspect of everything in this entire earth, the world over, and everyone in it. And so we just rejoice in knowing that, uh, that we can uh, put our trust and confidence in you. And we pray tonight in these few moments as we open your word that you'll speak to our hearts and encourage our hearts and we just thank thee that we can see something from your word that will be a blessing to us and we ask this in our Savior's name. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and reading at verse 18. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you go on down to verse 23, we also read there, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body. There's the trinity of man. I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. <clears throat> He's asking us to be sanctified, who will sanctify us holy. You can't do that, nor can I, but God, of course we know that with God nothing is impossible. God can sanctify us holy if that's his will, and it is his will. The Bible says, with God, nothing is impossible. 
The God of peace is able. He said, I pray your whole spirit and soul and body, the whole, your whole body, your whole spirit, your whole soul be preserved blameless. And when believers, as we often do, become burdened to know God's will for his or her life, as we assume that most believers do, in one degree or another. One thing we know for sure, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, that in everything, give thanks. In the Sermon on the Mount, we read in, we won't turn there right now, but we read in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, that in verse 9 it says, After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on, in earth as it is in heaven. And one of the outstanding things that we can see in the Bible in the heavenlies is this constant giving of thanks for example, in Revelation chapter 7, it says this, And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and thanksgiving be unto our God forever and ever. Thanksgiving be unto our God forever and ever. They are expressing that thanksgiving that is to be given to God forever and ever. And if it's God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, giving of thanks should be one of the most meaningful acts of every thankful believer. Giving of thanks. And Luke, turn back to Colossians chapter 3. And we read in verse 15, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him giving thanks unto God and the Father by Him. So what, whatever we do in word, that's our speech. That's what we say. That's how we talk. Whatsoever you do in word or deed. The word deed, it means our work, our deeds, our work. It's, it's your occupation. It's your labor. It's your work. Whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, 
giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. In the New Testament, the importance of thanksgiving is mentioned somewhere about 45 or 50, 50 times. And, and, and in 2 Thessalonians, uh, we're close to that, and you can turn over there, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. Second Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. Paul said this, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. He's saying we are bound. We are bound. We we must give thanks. That's what the word bound means. We are bound. We must give thanks always to God for you. It's our our duty to, to give thanks. We owe it to give thanks. We're bound to give thanks always to God, brethren beloved of the Lord. You know, I don't think it's hard to be a thankful person. I don't think it's hard to be a thankful person to go throughout each and every day, throughout the day, being thankful. It's, it's, a, it's really a, a mindset or a heart set. But it is amazing the things to be thankful for throughout the day. It, it, it's, they're, they're just numer- innumerable, innumerable things. And there's no reason not to do that. And so that's why we read, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, we all want to know God's will for today and tomorrow. And, and what, what are we supposed to do, God? What is your will? Well, the best place to start on that is First Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And, and, and we'll, we, we know that if we, if we start practicing that and doing that, all these other things that might have been a burden to us, they just sort of seem to slowly dissipate because we're busy giving thanks to God for the, the innumerable things that He does for us. In our midweek Wednesday evening service last week, we observed the Lord's Supper. And when the Lord initiated this supper, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. When the Lord initiated this supper, we read in in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26. And as they were eating... Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup 
and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. Verse 28, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. This is my blood. He, he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to them and said, drink all of it. God's blood shed on the cross for the remission of our sins. As, as he was implementing this Lord's Supper and as he came to the cup and he told them what that was, he was giving thanks of what that represented. He was going to go out and die for the sins of the world, for your sins and mine. He was going to be, for the first time in all eternity, separated from His Father. But He took that cup and He gave thanks. He gave thanks. That's why the Word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, says in everything, give thanks. I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And reading at verse 8. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. The wrath of God that's going to soon come upon this world. The wrath of God that's already upon many souls that are lost in, in the lake of fire. But by His blood, we're saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement, the covering. His blood covers us. Wherefore, as by one man, the first Adam in the Garden of Eden, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. It didn't take long. Sin entered into the world. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, the, the death that was a result of Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden and Eve's, for if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. 
And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For it, Paul is explaining to the Romans this justification, uh, especially uh, in, in light of the, the transition from law to grace. For if by one man's sin, uh, off, one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, our Lord Jesus the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin reigned unto, unto death, even so might the grace through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans is, is a beautiful, beautiful book to just, uh, to just, it's sort of God unfolding from the eternal perspective His plan. And I want you to also turn over to one, more, one other passage. It's in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Here we want to begin reading at verse 8. We're talking about the marvelous the marvelous plan of God from eternity past the creation of the world and the world falling into sin and and the coming of the savior to bring men up out of the penalty of sin. It's what the whole Bible is about. And in verse 8 we read of, of Hebrews chapter 10. I, I, I'm sorry, we're, we're starting in, at the first verse. <coughs> For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not of the very image of the things that can never with those sacrifices which were, they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. Because that the worshippers once purged should have, should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance, again, made for sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and 
of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, the Lord Jesus, he saith, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then I said, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said sacrifices and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not. Neither had this pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering, offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. He's, he's talking about the law could not save. The law, the law in, in, in trying to offer these, that, that could not save. It's what they pointed to. It's what they were a type of that saves the souls. And some people by faith understood that and some didn't, just like today. But this man, speaking of Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. That's you if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you're in Christ, if, if He's your Savior, if He's your Savior, He has, by one offering, His offering on the cross, perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. The Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. For after that, he said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore brethren, and, and, and again Paul had his work cut out to be able to bring these, these, these Hebrews out of the Old Testament law over to what God is, was doing anew. It's changing from one dispensation to another. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new way, a living way. Christ said, I am the way. By a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us, that's you and me, let us draw near with a true heart 
in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure water of God's Word. Let us hold fast. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he that is faithful that promised. For he, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. That, that in verse 24, that word consider, if you look it up in your Strong's Greek concordance, it, it, it means to be joined. Let us, it means to, 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 to be joined, to observe, to behold. And, and so that's what God is telling us. Now how can we, how can we be joined? How can we consider one another and provoke one another and be joined to another one another and to behold how can we do that if we're if we're forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together it can't be done you know i wish and pray that every believer the whole congregation would would just Think about the Lord's work and, and above everything else that they have planned for that week or that month, they want to be in the place where we are supposed to assemble and to consider one another, to be joined to one another, to observe one another, to behold one another. For what purpose? Verse 24, verse 24, to, to provoke unto love and good works, to exhort one another. It means, that word exhort means to encourage, to encourage one another. And in this sin-cursed world that just is getting deeper in sin by the day, we need that. We need that. And let us consider one another uh, uh, to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. So all these Old Testament sacrifices... They were shadows. They were types. They all were pointing to the time when the Lord Jesus Christ... They were all fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. But back at Matthew chapter 26 and, and verse 27 where we read, it says, He took the cup. He took this cup 
and he gave thanks. That, that caught my attention. He took the cup, and, and I was thinking, what, what does that cup represent? That represents what he was about to go out and do, to be separated for the first time in all eternity from his father. And to have the sins and the, and the, the weight of the sins of the whole world on his own body. Besides so many other things. And he was thankful for that? He was thankful for that? Yes. He was thankful for that. He knew what was about to happen. It was prophesied in Psalm 22. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew that. Why art thou so far from helping me? They that see me laugh me to scorn. Dogs have compassed me about. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and feet. As he was having the initiating the, the Lord's Supper, and as he took that cup, he gave thanks for that. I, I, you know, we should be thankful. We should be thankful that we have the privilege to deny ourselves, to take up His cross. The Bible says He drank in Matthew chapter 26... He drank the dregs of that cup and he, and he gave thanks. He, he drank the dregs of that cup and, and he gave thanks. Saying, this is my blood of the New Testament. Turn to John's Gospel, chapter 19. John's Gospel, chapter 19, and reading at verse 14. And it was the preparation of the Passover. And about the sixth hour he said unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him. Away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him. 
and two other with him on either side and Jesus in the midst. And Jesus gave thanks. That was the greatest Thanksgiving day of all eternity. And he gave thanks for that cup that he drank. The Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And he told his disciples, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. And what does he command you? What does he command me? He's, he, 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 said, he said in Mark chapter 8 and verse 34, Whosoever will come after me, let him... First of all, he, he, he commands us to come after him. What is it in life that you're, you're really after? What is it you're, that you really... You just really are consumed with something and you're really after this. <laughs> what is it? The Lord Jesus said, Whosoever will come after me. So, we have to come after him. He said, follow me. And then he says, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. That's what Christ did. And he said, Whoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Do you know every child of God here, young or if, 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 if you're young enough to understand salvation and you've been saved, you have a cross too. And the Lord Jesus said, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. So we, number one, have to come after him. Number two, we have to deny ourselves. Number three, take up our cross. And number four, and follow me. Follow me. And the Lord Jesus Christ gave thanks that he was able to offer his own life. He gave thanks for that. Do we do the same? Or do we seek to save our life? When we're truly yielded to Christ, when we're truly being Christ-like, we'll be th as thankful as anything to come after Him, to deny self. I mean, what is that really? It's nothing more than to deny and die to that old wicked king self that lives within us. That's what it is. That old wicked king self. The old man. That's what to deny self is. And we put up we, we put the old man to death by taking up our cross and following him. 
We read in John, we read in John 19:17, and he bearing his cross went forth into a place of the skull. We have a cross. Every believer has a cross. And that's another reason why the cross, the cross of self-denial is a warfare. And that's, that's all the more reason why we, ha we, we need to forsake not the assembling of ourselves to, and consider one another and strengthen one another. It was what Christ gave thanks for. And we know just a little bit about the cross in the Bible. It was a place of death. It was a place where a criminal, a real person, just like you or me, a real person... guilty of crimes against man and God, went out to die on a cross. And the Lord Jesus says, if any man follow me, he needs to deny himself and take up his cross. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And so the Lord Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And he explained to them what this supper was about. You know, really denying yourself, not what I will, but what thou will, laying down your life, that's the greatest expression of love that you can give. You can't give any expression of love greater than that. To lay down your life. The Bible says in John fifteen thirteen, greater love hath greater love hath no man or woman or boy or girl. No greater love hath no man. Than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatever I command you, whatsoever. So it follows, therefore, that the greatest thankfulness we could ever express has to be the, the thankfulness of being able to lay down our lives in service to Christ. Hereby perceive we the love of God, 1 John 3.16, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So God's will for every Christian is to learn how to give thanks in, in everything, for all things. If that wasn't His will for us, He would not have commanded it. And we read it in the Bible. It's right there, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. You know, that kind of makes the Christian life kind of simple, doesn't it? 
In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It, it, it really does. It just it doesn't mean that we won't have any trials or problems, but it, it does reduce reduce it down to a formula where anybody can lay hold of that. The Bible says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in the Philippians, be careful for nothing, be anxious. Boy, we get anxious, don't we? Over all kinds of things, that, and, and many times they're meaningless, but we get anxious. But God says, be careful, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Paul said in another epistle, And whatsoever you do in word or, do, or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. And there are no cares in your no burdens or trials or problems in our lives that are, that are outside the reach of prayer. We have a powerful powerful weapon in this spiritual warfare and that is prayer. Be careful, be anxious for it's a, it's a sin for a Christian to allow life's circumstances to consume us to consume our thoughts to the to, to we just lose sight of taking up our cross cross and following Christ it's a sin to do that well i don't know i didn't bring a watch up oh there's one okay Well, the old days, in the days of our grandparents and great-grandparents, you better bring a meal or maybe two meals to the, to the church service. They, they would last that long. Well, I've got a little bit more here, but I think it's about time to... Um, one last verse in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, continue in prayer and watch in the same Continue in prayer, watch in the same with thanksgiving. Let's close in prayer. Our gracious Father, we thank Thee for this time, this, these few minutes to gather around Your Word. We thank You for such a Savior as we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that that He knows our downsittings and our uprisings. He understands our thoughts afar off. And Lord, there's nothing in the life of any believer that's outside of the grace of God. And so we just pray that we would we would just um, rejoice in in our gatherings. We know, Lord, things come up. We can't be here for various reasons, but, but by and large, 
we pray that you'll put it upon our hearts to just just to desire to be here. We're, we're, we're members of a body, the body of Christ, with the local manifestation of the body of Christ in this in this location. And we need to consider one another and to provoke one another. And most of all tonight, we thank you that the Lord Jesus, as he had that last supper with his disciples, that he... He was thankful. He was thankful of what he was about to do to, to lay down his life. And we pray that we too might be thankful for the opportunity to lay down our lives. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.